Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. That's awesome. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to week number three of our series called Relationship Rehab. And I trust that it has just been a blessing to you and that it is continuing to stretch you and help you grow in your relationships with God, with people, and just purposing to love God, love people, and love life. That's what we do around here, right? Amen. Hey, listen, also, I just uh, had a quick thought just in regards to, we talked about the giving aspect. Uh, This is sometimes questions that always come up. Uh, At the start of the year, we always send out giving receipts, and uh, we purpose to send them out uh, fairly early, and sometimes addresses and things like that change. And so everything has been sent out. It's been emailed. And so if by chance you didn't get one and you're needing one, please let us know because, again, if it was an oversight on our side or if we sent it to a wrong address, we definitely want to know. So please let us know if that was the case. All right? Amen. Hey, as we said, just in regards to this series we've been in. If you remember, we said the very first week we dealt with the subject of romance. And everything that we've been dealing with and talking about has been based upon questions that you have submitted as as a church. And so that very first question was on romance and every question that was uh, surrounding that, uh, that, that, that topic of romance was based upon a husband and wife or a family growing in their relationship with God. Isn't it interesting that we put or tag romance onto growing in our relationship with God? And really, that's the way it ought to be. The more that you fall in love with Jesus, the more you fall in love with your spouse and your family. The more that you get around love, the more that you get around peace, the more that you act peaceful around those that you care about and that you love. Last week, we talked about just friendships and and the questions that came in. And again, this was the number one question uh, by far of all the ones that were submitted. And that is, is, how do we influence friends? How do we we help them come to a relationship with God or how do we help be an example to them or furthermore in our own personal life how do we continue to grow in our relationship with God when friends or family members may not be in the same place that we are and it seems as though they are pulling us backwards or they're a bad influence on us and so we address that and just purposing to grow with God and how we uh, purpose to be diligent in our walk with him. This week, we're dealing with family. And so in these questions that we're going to be answering, uh, I'm not necessarily going to be answering all of them verbatim because when you deal with family and some of the questions and the way that they were asked, I don't want it to be so point blank to pinpoint. And so then husbands and wives start looking at each other. Did you really have to put us in the questionnaire? I know that was, I know that was you. <laughs> so, so I want to just be careful. And so as I'm talking with some of these things, there will be answers to questions that are kind of mixed in there. And so you'll have to just find your answer. And I trust that God and the Holy Spirit will help you know uh, that that's for you. And so again, some will be more direct, some will be more vague. In. But as we get started, I just, I, 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 I was thinking about this, uh, and that is a story that I saw last night. Maybe many of you saw it or some of you did. But it was a story on 48 Hours, and it was a story about a cult over in Australia. Did anybody see that on 48 Hours last night? It was like a two-hour documentary. 
it was a cult over in Australia, and they called it the family. And so in this cult, this woman uh, came to uh, influence people and suggest to them that she was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. And as she began to share this with people, it told us that, or the, the documentary said, that there were over 500 people that bought into her propaganda and began to follow her. And they were very influential, prosperous, successful, prominent people that bought into this and began to follow her. And as a result, they would give money into her cult thing, and she's still alive today. I think she's, she's in her 90s. But they said she's worth millions of dollars as a result of these people buying in to her message. Not only that, she was known to abduct children, and many of these cult members would give her their children. And so they raised these children over the years. In fact, uh, one of the victims that are, that are now adults, uh, they said that there was times that there was 28 children from infants to teenagers that were all in this house. And when the police would come, there was this little cubby hole on the wall that they all had to cram into and they would put a dresser over it and stuff so that the police wouldn't be able to identify or find them. But as they began to lay out this story, you began to hear that she was abusive. They would beat the children. They would not feed the children correctly. I mean, just the, the list went on as to how they would abuse these children. And this went on for years. And as I said, there is over 500 people that followed her. And you think, how in the world can somebody be so dumb to follow a woman, first of all, because Jesus was a man, <laughs> but follow her and just give her millions of dollars, and then on top of that, give her your kid. I mean, it was just crazy. But in what she did was the very thing that is needed within the church and within the family today. The way she got people to follow her was in her communication. It was the way that she communicated, and in her communication, it caused people to agree with her. Are you tracking with me? And those are two fundamental elements that is needed within a home, communication and agreement. Can you say amen? Those two things are powerful in our family, in our marriages, in our relationship. We need communication and we need agreement. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 says this. It says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. So in other words, communicate in such a way that it's understood. Communicate in such a way that people can grab hold of it. Communicate in such a way that you can come into agreement. And upon agreeing, you can run or head forward in the direction of life. Are you seeing that? This is what this woman did within this cult. She was able to communicate in such a way that people bought into the message, agreed with her, and went off in the ditch. 
How many of you know that God don't want you to get in the ditch? He doesn't want you to get in the ditch in your, in your walk with Him, in your church life, in your marriage, in your family, in your career. But if we'll purpose to learn how to communicate, have vision and direction for our life, and make it simple to where we as a family, as a church, as a husband and wife can come into agreement, we'll have forward motion in our life. We'll see success. We'll see that we begin to achieve things as a result of communication and agreement. Amos chapter 3, verse 3 in the New Living Translation says this. It says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? So it's asking us a question. Can two people walk together if they're not in agreement? And the answer is no. You cannot head in a direction if you're in disagreement with one another. Well, I think we should go here. I think we should do this. I think this is the way God's telling us. Well, God didn't say that. And as a result, you can get two different things going in different directions. How many know that there is what is called vision, which means singular direction, and there is what is called division, which means separation, right? And all it takes is one person, just one person to disagree, and there's division, Have you ever found that in the church before? Have you ever seen that? There's that one person that just wants to be the voice and be disagreeable, right? And it causes division within the church. Not that we've ever had that happen here, praise the Lord. (laughs) Amen. People are people, you know that. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 says this. It speaks of being yoked together. It says, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Now, unbeliever, we can look at that from the standpoint of being a follower of Christ. But in the other side of it, don't be yoked together with somebody that don't have the same agreement as you. Right? And the yoke is really your beliefs. It is your values. It's how you see things. And if you're connected with somebody that has different values or different belief systems, obviously there's division and schism within a home, within a business, with school systems, right? And so God's saying, listen, I want you to come into a place where you have communication, where when you begin to communicate well, there is singularity of vision and direction for your life, and therefore you can come into agreement, Your perspective, your perspective is, like I said, your values, your beliefs. And oftentimes, it's a result of how you were raised, wasn't it? Think about it. Every single person in this room has a perspective of how to spend money. Some are very frugal. Some are very tight. Some are very liberal and just downright silly, right? But oftentimes, that's a result of how you had been communicated to, whether verbally or unverbally. Unverbally, is that a word? Nonverbal. <laughs> you realize that communication is 80% nonverbal? So listen, moms and dads, you're doing a whole lot of communicating even though you're not saying anything, Right? And so once again, we oftentimes, because of how we were raised, the things that we perceive, the things that we hear, 
Oftentimes, the things that we do for fun is a result of what we were taught, how we interact, how we communicate with one another. Oftentimes, is how we were raised, and therefore, that's how we communicate with one another. And as I said, this is the number one problem within a marriage, within a family, within a home, and that is the lack of communication. Communication is the lifeblood to a marriage, to a home, as blood is to the physical body. Right? But how many of you know that when it comes to communication, and especially in the dynamic of expressing and communicating love, it's not based upon how you like to be loved, but how the other person likes to be loved. Right? And that's where we oftentimes miss it within a relationship, is because I want to love you the way that I like to be loved. And she's saying, buddy, I communicate on a whole different level. You know, men are from Mars and girls are from Venus. <laughs> we just already know that, right? <laughs> Is that the book? Is that the title? Right? We just, we communicate differently. But everybody's different, right? And so, just on my personal side, growing up, you know, dad and I, we just, the way we expressed our love is, by wrestling and fighting. You know what I mean? You know, you'd walk by slug. <laughs> you know, that was your kiss. You know, you wanted to give a hug. <laughs> you know, you give him in the head like, ah. That's how we communicated, right? And so because I was also in martial arts, that was always just kind of my physical, you know, slug dad. He'd slug me. We'd just spar around, that kind of thing. How many of you know that did not work real well when I got married? It didn't. But that's what I oftentimes did to my wife. I come over there, start wrestling with her. She's like, stop it. Stop. I, I don't like that. Well, come on. What's up? Man? Let's have some fun, you know? But it was how I like to communicate love. And she's like, I'm not having it, buddy. Right? Now, I've got three children. Now, all three of them are differently. You know, with my son, you know how he and I interact together? Wrestle, fight. He'll come up to me, let's fight, Dad, come on. And that's the way that we interact with one another. I'll start wrestling around with him, and he's just laughing and cutting up. That's how we express. Now, my oldest daughter, I'll try that with my oldest daughter. Stop it. And then I try to make her laugh, and she's like, Stop it. I mean, it just giving me laser eyes. Why? Because that's not the way that she likes to communicate love. Now, my, my middle daughter, she's kind of like a little bit of a mix of both. She likes to hug, but she also likes to wrestle. So, again, you understand that just because you communicated love in such a way, because that's what's normal to you, and you're thinking, What's the big deal? The other person may not understand or like that way that you communicate, right? I am a master at sarcasm. I, I can be sarcastic with the best of them. And my wife does not love it. She does not like it. And I'm like, I'm just joking. There's nothing funny about it. Communicate a different way. That's a very prominent key phrase in our house. Learn to communicate a different way. 
Yes, dear. <laughs> so does that make sense? So again, just learning how to grow in the family dynamics of communication. And when you come to a place of agreement, this is how, babe, I like to be loved. And when I agree with your way of being loved, it works a whole lot better and vice versa, right? So just growing in the family dynamic. But communication and agreement is the key. Here's another specific question that came in. And obviously, this is one of those questions that uh, probably a lot of homes deal with, in, you know, not just our church, but just across the board. And that is in regards to this aspect of having agreement when it comes to tithing. There's differences of opinions as to what to do, how to do it, if you can do it. Now, rather than answering that question directly, because again, I don't want you to think, well, he just keeps talking about money. We've got to raise money, so he keeps talking about that in his messages. That's not what I'm trying to do. Can't plan it any better that somebody would ask that question. But let me answer that question in a roundabout way, because really, the answer to that is an answer to a plethora of a whole bunch of other questions regarding spiritual agreement in the relationship within the family. When it comes to your walk with God, when it comes to your marriage, your family, your money, your prayer life, the Word of God, everything in regards to that, when it comes to tithing, everything concerning those issues of life really comes down to a heart issue, doesn't it? And when I say a heart issue, it comes down to a point of, do I trust God? Do I trust Him with my health? Do I trust Him with my wealth? Do I trust Him with my family? Do I trust Him with my children? Do I trust Him with my marriage? Do I trust Him with my livelihood? Whether it seems as though the certainty of job or not, I can trust God in that area. And so to the degree that I trust God is to the degree that I know Him. Are you here this morning? I said to the degree that I learn how to trust God and step out to believe Him is to the degree that I know Him. Luke chapter 8, Jesus said this. He said that when it comes to the body of Christ, when it comes to those who are followers of me, He said 75% of the body of Christ, those that follow me will not trust me nor really know me. Only 25% will actually know me and trust me. And even in those that do know me and trust me, it will be in measure. It says some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Are you tracking with me? Now, again, understand what I'm saying. There are many people in the body of Christ that that they have a relationship with God in the sense that I've asked Christ into my heart, and because I've done that elementary thing, I'm going to heaven. But God says, listen, I sent Jesus not just to save you from your sins, not just to save you from hell, but that you could experience this life in quality and quantity. But that only comes through knowing me and having a relationship with me, but it's going to require you to have trust. And whenever you trust, it's going to cause you to have to step out on the edge of the unknown. And here's what Jesus said. The way that you'll come to know me is through my word. The word of God is the number one way that we know God. 
Not hear about the word, not just hear a message on the word, but actually get into the word of God myself and begin to read the word and it becomes God's voice speaking to me. We've never lived in such a time that the word of God is so accessible, but so undervalued. I'm talking about this book. Here's what the Lord said to me. I was just in the office praying this past week and I was talking to him about some direction, and obviously there's multiple things that, that, that you, know, you can be praying about. And the Lord said to me, he says, when you purpose to pray and pray in the Spirit, he says, you can pray about many things at the exact same time because it's spiritual. It's really supernatural. He said, but when it comes to finding direction and hearing my voice and discerning my voice, he said, it will only be discerned by one source. He said, in prayer, you can deal with many things at the same time, but when it comes back to you and you're looking for my direction... He said, it's the word of God that will bring balance and discernment to my voice. Why is that? Because whenever you're praying, whenever you're seeking direction for your life, for your marriage, for your family, for your business, for your, for your, your well-being, how many of you know that the enemy's out there to bring you an answer? And he's going to be talking to you. Your flesh is going to be talking to you. Your emotions are going to be talking to you. Your boss is going to be talking to you. Your spouse is going to be talking to you. The, the, the banker is going to be talking to you. All these voices are coming back and talking to you. But you've got to be able to discern the voice of God in all the voices. And if you don't know the voice of God's word, you won't be able to discern all the distractions that come in your way. Does that make sense? Because listen, you, you know what I'm talking about. When you have need of God to move, I've been that way in my life where it's like, God, if you're talking to me, it is so busy and noisy and clouded right now, I couldn't hear you if you were speaking directly in my face. Right? So you need the Word of God to bring balance, to bring discernment to, to our lives. And here's what God says. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. If you're willing and obedient... You'll eat the best that the earth has to yield. Willing and obedient. So see, we're talking that, uh, about that question about tithing or about all the other affairs of our life. If you're willing and obedient, you'll have the best that the earth has to yield. So in other words, I have to respond to God's voice. All right, God, I'm willing. I'm going to step out and I'm going to be obedient. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says... Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So if I'll make it a priority of my life, God, I'm going to seek you. Not going to seek whether or not it seems like I can do it or not. If you look to see whether you can do it or not, or whether you can step out and trust God in your marriage, your life, your money, or whatever, your circumstance will always tell you, nope, not a good time. Right? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. He'll direct your path. God, I need direction. God, when it comes to my family, when it comes to my marriage, when it comes to my kids, we need clear direction, God. And God says, if you'll trust me, if you'll seek me, 
I will give you direction. You'll know my voice. And the voice of a stranger you won't follow. I'll speak to you. Amen? When I come into agreement, you remember I said that the Bible says, how can you walk together unless you be in agreement? The Bible says, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Well, here's what it means, as I said, concerning your agreement, it's your values, it's your belief systems, it's what you hold fast to. Now, I'm going to use my wife as an example. Come up here and join me for just a moment. If my wife and I are joining together, we're yoked together, and over here where the the big box speaker is, that's the final destination. Well, if we have communicated and agreed together and decide, hey, listen, we are going to trust God in this, and then therefore, when I'm weak, you're strong. When you're weak, I'm strong. We're we're in this together. We're going to do it together, and we're going to step out and trust God in our money, in our uh, marriage, in our family. And as we come into agreement and are yoked together, we start the journey. And as long as I'm believing and she's believing and we're on the same page, we'll hit the destination, right? But here's what happens. And it's a real subtle thing. When there's not agreement in the home, when there's not agreement with the husband and wife, when we're unequally yoked in our value system, even though there's one that seems to be stronger, even though there, there's, the, there's the other one that says, well, I'm a believer, what ends up happening is that if she becomes stronger and I become the weaker, even though we're heading in the same direction, my... my well, let's back up. Let me do it again. As, as we're walking together, the, the box speaker is the final destination, Right? But because I might be the weaker vessel and have a a hard time trusting God, as we're heading to the destination, because we're not equally yoked in our values, we start walking at a different pace. Does that make sense? Because one's driving, the unbelief will drive over the belief. And so when we end up to the destination, we're real close. But because we weren't walking in succinct timing we ended off the pace but man we were so close does that make sense have a seat dear thank you babe made me look good right there are you tracking with me is that helping you because once again god wants us to work together to be on the same page to communicate to a place of being in agreement let me get you one more time all right so My wife says, listen, I believe that this is what God's telling us to do. This is what I desire. This is what I want for our family. This is what I desire, and this is what I believe God wants us to do when it comes to tithing. When it comes to our children, this is what I believe God says. And I'm saying, I don't think so. We got bills to pay. All right? So, remember where I said before, when we're not necessarily yoked equally, we end up in a different pace. It took a whole long time to get there, but we just we ended up missing the case, right? Or missing the, the place. Now, when we're in total opposition, walk. <laughs> See what you end up doing? You stay stagnant. You stay in the same place. Thank you, baby. 
Does that make sense? So we're saying, God, how come, how come we're in the same place? We just need to get in agreement. We need to come into a place of communication. Hey, this is where we're headed. This is what God wants us to do. And the moment we get hooked up, we start moving in the same direction. Right? All right, now watch this. Listen to this in 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 7, it says this. In the same way, you married men should live consistently with your wives. Huh? Considerately. Thank you. Can you read that for me? I don't have my glasses. Consider, considerately with your wives and intelligent recognition of the marriage relationship, honoring the woman as physically the weaker, but realizing that you are joint heirs, joint together, joint heirs of the grace of God, uh, of God's unmerited favor of life, in order that your prayers have not been hindered and cut off. Otherwise, you, can't, you're, otherwise you cannot pray effectively. So watch this. Men, God says you're the leader. (laughs) Got one man. Men, we are the leaders of our home. Should be. And God says, recognize your wife is the weaker of the two. (laughs) All right, I'm going to use... One of my daughters, which daughter wants to help me? You want to, all right, come on. All right. So, as the husband, as the father, the, the functional leader that God has assigned of a family, he says, recognize the weaker vessel. So, it is my job as a husband, as a father, to set the pace. So, as we're in agreement walking together... I've got to say to my, my daughter, to my wife, you ready to run? You ready to run? Okay, let's run. Let's run. All right, you ready? Ready to run? Let's go. Can you go a little faster? So what do I do? I recognize her as the weaker vessel. And I help her communicate with her as to the pace that we're setting. But I don't just take off running. I've got to recognize she's the weaker vessel. So if I just barreled off... Not recognizing her, I'd end up coming to a place of dragging her. But unfortunately, thanks, babe. Unfortunately, we've got women that are dragging men by the nose. And God says, man, you are the leader of your home. Now you set the pace, communicate so that you're running together, that you don't just bog her down, that you don't run too fast. Communicate so that as you're in this race together, you end up at the place called there. Amen. I'm telling you what God has designed and desired for us to do this life together. He wants us to experience it. Now, when it comes to us as fathers, think about this. I was thinking about this with my children. I think I've done this with every single one of my children. There has come to that place where they're on the tree or in the tree. They're on the playground equipment and they're up high and you're saying, jump. They're like, no, I'm scared. Come on, jump. I get you. And they're like, you going to catch me, dad? Yes, I won't let you fall. Come on. I got you. Come on. Have you ever been there? What are they afraid of? 
It's a trust thing to step out into the unknown. But you as a father, as a mother, you would say, listen, I will not let you fall. I will catch you. You can be assured of that very thing. If you're that way with your child, the Bible says in Luke chapter 11, how much more your heavenly father knows how to give you good gifts. If you do it to your children, I'll do it for you if you'll ask me. All he's saying, will you jump? Will you jump? Will you just take a leap of faith and trust me? I won't let you fall. Come on. God's just saying, I've got you. You can trust me. Amen? Now listen, I've got to tell you something. This is, this is pretty cool. I was talking with somebody just this past week. And they were saying... Since we've been coming to this church, the one thing that we have acknowledged and noticed is that there is a lot of men here. So the last church I went to, I was about the only man there. The rest was women. So guys, kudos to you. Awesome job in representing. Come on, are you here? I'm talking about being men that will lead our families. But we've got to be able to communicate so that the whole household can come into agreement. You're the one that needs to communicate so that the weaker vessels. Now, again, you've got to understand what that means, that they'll just come up under your leadership. Right? I'm talking about trusting God. You remember I said to you just at the, during the offering, I said, I was asking God, and I said, what do you want me to give? And God says, $5,000. You know what my response was? God I don't know how I'm going to do that. And in there is a big clue. I don't know how I'm going to do it. The answer is, is that I'm not. God is. I'm going to trust him to bring in the monies. And that's how we live this life. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. I don't know how I'm going to tithe. I don't know how I'm going to raise this family. I don't know how I'm going to be a husband or a wife. I don't know how I can be a good mom or dad. I don't know how. It's not about you. It's about trusting him and taking the jump. My daughter, I shared with you before that as we go to school every morning, we pray And so there's times that I'll pray, and there's times that I'll say, okay, it's your turn, you pray. And in the last couple weeks, she's been saying this, God, I thank you for $5,000. And so I started talking to her. I said, what are you believing for? What are you asking for $5,000? Well, you know, I just, and she gave me her her thing. Part of it, she says, I'm going to give $2,000 to you, Dad. I'm like, way to go, kid. All right. (laughs) But last week, as we were going to school, and she prayed that, And thank God for it. I started to correct her. I started to say, well, now, honey, why don't we just back it up a little bit? Why don't we just believe God for a lesser amount? And God instantly corrected me and arrested my attention. He says, don't you do that. Right now, she's learning how to trust trust me. If you'll help her trust me now for financial stability of life, there's no telling what she can believe me for down the road. And so I'm like, yes, sir. So I just started to adjust the way that I said it. And so I started to teach her in the spiritual principles of giving and receiving. 
Why? Because as a husband, as a father, I'm communicating to my family and we're taking the leap together. Amen? And lastly, I'll say this. God desires for us to be an example in this community. There's all kinds of churches in this community that are trying to figure it out, that have no clue. And I don't say that to be critical. I'm just saying it's the truth. God desires for men and women and families to step up and lead the way of what it means to trust God. This month, we celebrate two great men of God. One at the beginning of the month, Reverend Martin Luther King. He was a man of God that took a leap of faith and said, God, I'll trust you. And he changed the landscape of our nation. Another man went home to be with the Lord, Billy Graham, the beginning of this month. He dared to believe God. He took a leap of faith and says, God, you can use me and change the nation. He's known as America's pastor. I don't know about you, but I want, at bare minimum, my children to look at me and say, Dad took a leap of faith. My dad trusted God. My mom believed in her God. And they changed the landscape. How about you? If we'll communicate, if we'll come into agreement, nothing can stop us. Amen. Let's stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to pray over your homes, over your marriages, your relationships, your kids. Because the Bible says that we can have what we say. If we believe or receive, we will have those things. So, Father, I pray over our homes, the families of Genesee Valley Church. I pray that our marriages, our homes, our families are so healthy, are so strong, so Christ-centered that this community cannot stand but to come and hang out with these people for the desire to be like them, to have what they have, to have the peace of mind, to have the comfort of heart, to have the financial stability, to have the physical health. God, we are those people. We're growing in our knowledge. We're growing in our wisdom. We're growing in our faith. And God, we thank you that we are changing the landscape of this community. Because we are a people that say, God, help us become all that we can be. So God, we thank you for this relationship rehab. We thank you that, God, we are becoming more like you. And we're jumping off the edge and trust and having you lead us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life.